it is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Being a parent can be really challenging. It's normal to feel uncertain about whether you're doing the right things to raise healthy and happy children. That's why Child and Family Resource Network focuses on connecting pregnant parents and those with kids under the age of five with free support services to help them build confidence in their parenting journey. Everyone deserves to have someone they can turn to for support with parenting. Visit ChildAndFamilyResourceNetwork.org today. And what's up, what's up? Welcome in. It is GC Live, a Thursday, New Year's Eve edition of the show. Slightly abbreviated, um, slightly late edition of the show, but we are here. We are going to knock one out. And um, the last two days, Chris, have actually um, given us plenty to talk about, actually in very timely manners. It's it's almost like uh, the show was perfectly timed, I guess. In that yesterday, we obviously had the, the big news with Ryan Lincoln. Today, Chris, we get the big news, something that we had um, you know, anticipated and, and sort of hinted this was a guy to keep an eye on. But South Carolina landing a pledge today, um, this afternoon, Thursday afternoon, from Amarion Brown, a Georgia Tech wide receiver transfer, um, who will be a sophomore again for South Carolina this year. And uh, we're going to get into him a little bit, uh, how this went down, what he brings to South Carolina, how he may even fit in. But first, uh, GC Live is, of course, brought to you by AffordableMedicalUSA.com, 803-926-1493. Again, AffordableMedicalUSA.com, home of the game day chair. Chris, you want to tell everybody a little bit about what they would get if they were to order a game day chair today. Well, you get an awesome seating experience, uh, the game day chair. Even though it is from AffordableMedicalUSA.com, it's not a medical chair, lift chair. It is just quite simply a super comfortable recliner. I would say probably the mm, most comfortable you've ever sat in, if you sit in it. Variety of seating positions, lay flat, zero gravity, uh, the lounge position, the TV watching position. Make sure you give those guys a call, 803-926-1493. Ask about the upgrade to Breeza Fabric, super comfortable fabric that goes in Gulfstream Jets. And uh, hit them up at AffordableMedicalUSA.com and search for the uh, Maxi Comfort Cloud with Twilight. And, of course, as we always say, make sure that you're lounging in your game day chair in Dead Soxy Socks. D-E-A-D-S-O-X-Y.com. Use the code COCKY, 30% off your entire order at DeadSoxy.com. Christmas has passed, Wes, but if you just need some new socks, looking for a birthday treat for someone, or Valentine's Day. Socks, ladies, good uh, gift for your man. Hit up deadsoxy.com and use promo code COCKY, including the spur line under the college section. Yeah, and I always say the day, uh, the first day you know that you're an adult is when you are actually happy to get socks or underwear for Christmas. And um, unfortunately, I think we're all there, honestly, everybody on this right now. Although there's some people on Twitter that I don't think um, are quite adults yet, 
But for the most part, everybody here in our chat um, are adults. So get you some socks because there, there comes a time in your life when actually buying comfortable socks should should be a priority, I think. But anyway, speaking of priority, South Carolina, a major need position. Um, if we had a counter, Chris, as in something that just would automatically count how many times we've mentioned South Carolina's wide receiver position um, on this show, on the website, on Twitter, then uh, – and, and if we were paid money, then we wouldn't need any sponsors on GC Live because we would all be rich uh, because this has been a topic of discussion and will continue to be a topic of discussion from now until it's fixed, I think. And South Carolina getting a, uh, I would say, a much-needed pledge for them. Um, I think in, in the article I – I titled it a major piece of the puzzle. Yeah. I said it that way because Chris, this doesn't mean by any stretch of the imagination that things are fixed. Unfortunately, South Carolina was not in a position where you just look at it and say, you know, a lot of schools will maybe say, let's put that cherry on the top. Let's add in a a grad transfer or an instant transfer at a position because everything else is sort of settled. Maybe you need that one more playmaker. This is this is one piece of that puzzle. It's a big one. It's a great start. They've got to keep adding pieces to it. But I do think, Chris, I, I don't want to downplay it either because watching the film, this kid can play. And based on what's coming back, it, it's instantly – comes in and becomes a starter for South Carolina. Yeah, so, you know, we knew that the transfer portal was going to be so big for this team, and the the position that we knew it would be biggest for before the end of the season, just sort of projecting into the 21 class, we knew it would be biggest for wide receiver. Now, as time has gone on, it's become even more critical in the junior college ranks and the transfer portal ranks for linebacker and for defensive back too, right, because – Ernest Jones is going pro. There's questions there. Obviously, some defections in the secondary that you maybe didn't anticipate at, um, you know, at the end of the season. But receiver was a big one. So it's a good strategy. We knew, hey, they're going to have to sign some kids from high school, maybe junior college, and they're going to have to hit the portal hard for help at receiver. But one of the biggest questions attached to that, West, was well, that's a good strategy, but a bunch of other schools are going to be looking for one maybe to add a piece. Like you said, Wes, maybe some blue bloods out there saying, oh, we need one more receiver. We got a hole. South Carolina's got several. They need several receivers probably, arguably, out of the portal. Well, now they have one of those. And so it's a big step for them. Um, they do need more. And so that'll sort of tell the story about who else they can get in this recruiting class, wherever that help comes from, high school ranks, junior college, transfer portal. We expect it's going to be pretty portal heavy. And so – Brown was someone they identified very early, and it's a big get. I mean, this is a kid that can really run. He's going to give you a dose of athleticism, um, and it's going to be able to, I think, step in and give you some potential playmaking ability very early. Yeah, and, and much needed, as we've said. By the way, shout out to our friend Walter. Uh, he says, so nice to be here instead of Gamecock Twitter. Uh, Walter throwing us a tip. We appreciate that, man. We really do appreciate the support. Um Always appreciate the tips. Appreciate everybody just taking time out of their day and joining us, honestly. But um, so, Chris, 
with that, as you said, many of these slots are, are going to be spent on these positions of need. Um, you know, South Carolina, unfortunately right now, doesn't have the luxury of sort of just signing the 11 best players that are out there. You know, it's going to have to be very – they're going to have to be very detail-oriented and very um, careful about where they spend these scholarships as far as the numbers go per position. So basically what you can do if you're keeping track here at home is – I, I have wide receiver written down at least three times on this list, and it could bloom more than that, I think. You can put a check mark by one of those wide receiver slots, but then you have to put an X at the top, and you have to say 10 slots remaining for South Carolina for the class of 2021. So that takes up a slot. Now you're down to 10, still having in mind, if we're thinking through this like we were um, you know, the player personnel guys for South Carolina – now you got 10 spots and you've got to do the best you absolutely can to fill those spots with with impact guys but at the right positions, right? Yeah. Yeah, and that, that's where it becomes tough because you you need impact guys at several spots. Sometimes as more of a depth addition, um sometimes as a potential starting addition, you know, at certain spots and complicated by what I mentioned earlier in that you had some sort of maybe unforeseen circumstances with guys leaving did did we know that Ernest Jones would turn pro after this year didn't really expect that like heading into the year but then some factors like coaching change happened and John Dixon leaves and Izzy McQuamu leaves and Jamie Robinson leaves and uh, we all knew JC Horn was gone after this year but there were some things there that have made this a more difficult proposition um now you also got to factor in which seniors are going to come back you know that got a free year there will be some but they just have they need help at so many different spots and they need legitimate help, not just let's add a depth guy. The other thing Wes, is what we were talking about yesterday. You know, now you look at quarterback with the potential to go into next year with two scholarship quarterbacks, if Colin Hill doesn't return. And so that necessitates probably um, going out and finding a quarterback, um, someone quality enough that can help you, but may not be a guy who's going to be your starter because Luke Doty, all indications are, going to have a great shot to go into next season as the starter and, and to keep that job so now you've got maybe quarterback which takes a spot you've got one down as you said at receiver but they need what a couple more at least then you look at maybe a d lineman you look at linebacker you look at the secondary so i think i guess if we're sort of handicapping it only if you look at receiver db linebacker i guess in that order and definitely somewhere in there maybe grabbing a quarterback at some point yeah, and that um, that's sort of a it, – it's an ever-changing proposition, you know. Uh, I think yeah. you're, you're always – it's fluid, uh, I guess, is the, is the best way to say it, the best word for it. So you're, you're always looking at sort of uh, where am I at, where was I at yesterday, but where am I going to be tomorrow, and sort of anticipating some things there. Um, shout out to – let's see, we got another – I want to get into Brown, but since we got another tip here, Jeffrey Hicklin. What's up, Jeffrey? Um I don't know that there's a whole lot new on this one since maybe yesterday or the day before. I know, Chris, you've got an update on the site, but Jeff did throw us a five spot. It is a Happy New Year edition of the show, so maybe we can throw him a bone. What, what's, what are you hearing on defensive coordinator, the possibilities of Derek Mason, uh, Torian Gray potentially at DB, and then the uh, wide receiver coach position? 
Yeah. So, you know, we did have an update on all three of those guys yesterday. Um, you know, we're, we're try- hopeful. I'm hopeful that we'll have a little bit more by tonight. I can't promise it, but we are in that period where, you know, some moves are going to start to happen as bowls happen. And, you know, obviously there's a couple more of those in the coming days that are going to finish out. But Mason is a guy that we heard yesterday morning was was gaining more and more traction, you know, that was heading more and more in that direction. Not done. So to be clear about that, um, but it could get there. And so hopefully we'll, we'll find out a little bit more about that today. Torian Gray is someone who is expected to not be on the Florida staff uh, next year. Florida is probably, from what we hear, even before the bowl game last night, there were just projected to be a lot of defensive changes there, um, other jobs and things of that nature. And so Torian Gray is someone that um, obviously has ties to Shane Beamer, time at Virginia Tech, and uh, also played at Virginia Tech under Frank Beamer, and someone that um, a lot of people down in Florida, even some people around here, have expected to end up on the staff. But what we do have to see, Wes, is we have to see that how the defensive coordinator situation shakes out. Um, and, and see if those moves are, are perhaps linked. Does Derek Mason, you know, does he sign off on everything? Obviously, there's only one defensive slot that's not the coordinator that's still out there in the open. But uh, those are those have looked like the two likeliest moves there, even though I uh, don't know that either is done. And then wide receiver coach, the guy that we mentioned in our report yesterday to keep a close eye on, Aaron Moorhead from the NFL Philadelphia Eagles, coaching Alshon Jeffrey there right now also has experience uh, with Beamer at Virginia Tech, so someone that Beamer, you know, has a lot of familiarity with. Yeah, by the way, uh, shout out to our boy Thomas, uh, throwing a 20 spot at us. Happy New Year to you as well, Thomas. Um, Happy New Year to everybody. I appreciate that, man. Appreciate the tip. Um, Let's, Chris, let's go into Amarian a little bit and and what type of player he is. Um, Got some highlights here. This video is courtesy of the uh, folks at Stadium, so – Credit to them, courtesy to them. We uh, obviously didn't do this video ourselves, but I'm all – let's see if I can get this fired up, y'all. Um, very, very impressive, by the way. Uh, this – I'll just say it like this. This kid can play. I have no doubts about that. I don't – I don't. I think – and I'll tell you, man, Chris, with the sort of ever-changing landscape of things, I personally – I'm going to try to be more careful about putting expectations on kids because whenever they don't live up to those expectations, like year one, um, some people just flip out, uh, it it seems like. But you look at someone who has actually come in and and played pretty well at Georgia Tech, you know, as a – really as a true freshman – it, it got dialed back a little bit this past season um, as far as the number of targets he had, but um, a, a kid that, that is a playmaker and um, if I can get this pulled all the way up now, hopefully y'all can see that. But Chris, your initial thoughts on Amarian Brown as a player. Well, so he's, he's a guy that has a slot type guy. Um, he has legitimate speed. He's twitchy. But here's something else that I noticed just watching him. He has really good ball skills now on the field. He tracks the ball really well, and he catches it pretty naturally as well. There's several plays when you're sort of watching his reel where, you know, he's got to go run the ball down and go track the ball, catch it over his shoulder, run to a spot to get the ball on deep balls, and he and he does that. You know, so he's, he's a legitimate threat. 
in that regard, you see that catch. I mean, that's a difficult catch right there. You know, your full speed fading towards the sideline, catching a ball over your shoulder, that's pretty difficult. So he can do things like that. Somebody asked about his 40 times speed earlier. I have not seen one. Maybe you have, Wes. But I know in high school, um, I saw a mile split, which is a pretty good track, track, you know, statistic website. They had his PRs 10 6. So that's moving. Whew. Yeah. That's moving. Um, you know, when you see guys that are, for example, you know, 10 5, 10 4, you even see some freak type guys like Anthony Schwartz at Auburn who are like, what, 10 1 or below, you know, that that's moving. And so this is a guy that can definitely run. And he's not the biggest guy, but uh, he can run. He can give you some vertical presence, and um, he can go track the ball and has good ball skills. I think he's a really good, you know, slot fade type of guy. When you think of him, that was a route that Shy Smith really excelled at at South Carolina. Yeah, I'm, I want to run it back. The adjustment to this ball here, Chris, is sort of another example of what you're talking about, just to be able to pivot like that and – basically flip his hips and go get that ball while it's in the air. That's um, not everybody can do that. And I, I think you, you look at these slot type receivers, which he is, um, you know, he's a slot receiver in, in size, you know, he's, he's 5'10", 170 or so um, as far as what he's listed at, you know, maybe he's put on some weight, who knows, but I think you look and, the, the downfield presence is something that if you're South Carolina, you can certainly uh, use. And that's, um, you know, that, that's something this, this offense has needed is somebody who can take the top off the defense. Um, it may not traditionally be from that outside spot, um, you know, because he will probably line up in the slot a bit, but to have that threat and to be able to mix that in and, and be a guy who can get vertical for you. And then, as you said, man, adjust to the football, go catch it. Um, he consistently catches the football um actually tied some guy named Calvin Johnson for the freshman touchdown record at Georgia Tech his first year with seven touchdowns so that's uh that's a pretty good receiver name to sort of be right beside your name um I would imagine just watching him in if you're South Carolina you probably use him similarly to how you use Shai Smith and um then you, you go from there. So this, this is a, a piece of the puzzle that sort of um, now, now you got to go get a few more, right? No doubt. I mean, it, you know, is this is Amari and Brown your, you know, your number one receiver type? I, I don't think so, depending on, you know, the other guys that you can get. But I do think he's that slot type who can go make a lot of explosive plays for you. You know, you mentioned the seven touchdown mark. That's really good as a freshman. It's a high number. And this is a guy that just makes a lot of explosive plays. You look at what he can give you down the field. That's really what South Carolina was missing. Uh, they're missing a lot, you know, in the receiver in the receiver uh, room and in terms of the passing game overall. But one of their biggest issues, the biggest reasons they struggled, is they didn't have guys aside from Shy Smith that could take the top off the defense, threaten the field vertically, go make deep ball catches. And uh, this is someone that can give you that. You know, he can be dangerous in space. He can go get open down the field, run past people, occupy a safety, and, and make big plays down the field. Uh, yeah, and by the way, I, I think I said this already, but maybe I didn't. He was a sophomore this past season, but actually will be a sophomore again this year because of, obviously, COVID not counting against anyone's eligibility. So 
he comes in with uh, basically three more years to play if you know if he wants it. So uh, pick up good pickup for South Carolina, a good start, and someone that I am assuming will be on campus. I don't know this for sure, actually. Now that I think about it, I'm assuming we'll be on campus in January. Um, those guys are reporting here soon. I think it's like January 10th or 11th or so is when the um, – some some of the new players initially were said they were going to report on January 5th. So that, that's right around the corner. I know the returning guys have to be back like January 10th or 11th, something like that. So um, right around the corner for a lot of these kids. Uh, let's see. Shout out to Zachary Barker. Throwing a five spot our way. Appreciate the tip, Zach. And he says, after watching Oklahoma, Beamer was right to focus on running the ball and play action off of it. Chris, did you watch the Oklahoma-Florida game or at least enough of it before you started wanting to maybe just sit on your TV and watch the couch as opposed to watching um, a just awful, boring game because Oklahoma was beating the heck out of Florida? Yeah, yeah. You know, at one point I did. I watched most of it at halftime. We caught up on, on a TV show that we're watching and uh, turned the game back on. But, you know, at, at one point, wasn't it 17-10 Oklahoma at one point? Florida had already thrown three picks and played really poorly. And you go, man, are they going to hang around here um, as poorly as they played? And the answer quickly became no, they were not <laughs> going to hang around. So I think Oklahoma, you know, it opened up a decent lead at halftime and went from there. They, Yeah, they ran the ball. Oklahoma did extremely well. That counter play, we saw a lot. And then obviously the play action passing, and they, they just they rolled up yards in that game. And obviously Florida a little shorthanded, you know, overall in that game. But what Oklahoma did offensively was very impressive. And that's it's a great point that Zach made. Um, you know, the play action game is something that South Carolina has in its offense under Mike Bobo. Um, we didn't see as much of it last year, and an obvious reason for that is they need receiver help. That that wasn't as big a part of the strategy last season. A lot of the play action we saw was, you know, we did see some deep ball stuff, not with a ton of success, but a lot of it was tight end stuff, fullback, you know, running backs. Um, as they continue to progress, if they get more help at receiver, I think we could see even more in that play action game because, as you pointed out, Wes, Mike Bobo, has that in his offense. Every run, every concept has play action off of it. Shout out to uh, Bring It Jr., who says he is CJ's dad. I'm guessing that is CJ Stokes' dad there at Hammond. So uh, what's up, Mr. Stokes? Hope you're doing well, sir. Y'all have a happy new year. And um, hopefully everybody on here has a happy new year. So uh, let's, uh, I guess, push this thing forward, Chris. I would imagine, so time timeline-wise, timetable-wise, I mean, you've got seven coaches already named. Obviously, they've already started recruiting. And I, I will say this before we move on from Amarian. Impressive work that South Carolina does not have a receivers coach in play yet. And, you know, we're, we're able to, to get this done. And I, I think, um, you know, you got to credit. There's some guys that have been, I would say, instrumental in trying to keep things together with uh, the transition from one staff to the next. And you look at um, Drew Hughes, director of player personnel, look at Des Kitchings, who's been very, very involved with, um, with so many guys, whether they're at his position or not. And I, I really think that you, you look and we can probably credit them for, for helping South Carolina land this kid and really keeping 
Carolina in a position where Beamer could sort of just hit the ground running as far as knowing what, what's going on, knowing what's up, and knowing which guys to target. You saw another offer out from uh, from Colby Fields or to Colby Fields, a Memphis linebacker, yesterday, and he also he mentioned Drew Hughes, mentioned Mike Peterson as someone who's sort of kept him in the loop, um, you know, during this transition process. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you look at really in the transition process from a recruiting standpoint, you know, four assistant coaches at one point, now they've bolstered that, but, you know, at one point you've got the the four coaches that were sort of held over in Rocker, Peterson, Kitchings, and Mike Bobo, and then, as you said, Drew Hughes and some other, you know, recruiting support staff, and they obviously onboarded some more coaches with Pete Limbo, Eric Friend, Eric Friend, Eric Henry, and Will Friend. And so, you know, now the next step is is the rest of this. But I think Amari and Brown looked, I think, just comfortable with the overall situation and his ability to play at South Carolina, um, and in the style of offense, at least that they're going to run. And does he have some ideas about maybe the direction they'll go at receiver coaching? Maybe so. Um, you know, maybe he's seen some of the names or been told some of the names that we've mentioned also on Gamecock Central. But, um, yeah, big pickup. And, you know, obviously a weird – we talked about this before, man, a weird situation, right? I mean, the timing of this is very, very strange. Um, and it's never happened. You know, it's never happened where a coach has been hired during a pandemic with an early signing period with the season pushed out this far with bowl games and end of regular season. So just a lot of strange times happening. Yes. Um, cool. Some, sometimes you just can't win. Dar- Darren says uh, there should not be this much hype for a three-star transfer. I don't get it. So I don't really think we're hyping anybody up, honestly. I mean – the kid, the kid's good. He's going to come in and play. Nobody's saying, nobody's predicting he's going to be the first round pick in the NFL draft next year. But there's no, there's no way to look at his highlights and then look at South Carolina's wide receiver situation and not come to the conclusion that this is a big pickup for South Carolina. Um, you lose your slot receiver who had to be your leading receiver this past year by necessity. Um, even though, you know, like Chris said, I, I think with shot with shy Smith, ideally you wanted maybe an outside guy to be able to step up and be your top, you know, number one receiver and shy to be maybe your number two. I, we're, it wasn't an ideal world for South Carolina this past year. So I think you look and if you, you, you have to look to upgrade, and that's the question for every every guy you bring in in the transfer portal. You have to ask yourself, does it upgrade South Carolina's situation? And to me, with no shy Smith, and you look at what is a huge additional hole added into what was already a problem position last year, that has to be filled. And you're not, you're not going to find a, a high school – slot receiver, in my opinion, that South Carolina can land that could just come in and have any chance to sort of step right in to, to that spot. Um, so I don't – nobody's overhyping it. I just don't see – I don't see any way this is not a positive for South Carolina. Yeah, particularly because of how much they, they need that help. And uh, it's a guy that's got legitimate – I mean, we've broken it down earlier in the show. He's got 
legitimate speed? Are we saying he's all SEC, all American? No. But can he help? Absolutely. He's going to give you an injection of the things that you need at receiver. What's missing? Speed, hands, vertical presence, you know, <laughs> twitch. All the all the characteristics that he's displayed in college, not just high school. He's done it in college too, to some degree, um, and you would think can can continue to get better. You know, in college, he's he's a young guy in a relative sense. Um, you know, there's a, there's a lot of potential and upside, and there's there's even some proven playmaking ability there. As this is a guy that's scored touchdowns, he's going to walk in and be more talented and more productive already than a lot of the returners on the roster, which seems to be exactly what you need to do if you're recruiting at South Carolina. Yeah, and it has done it at the Power 5 level. Some you know, some of those highlights are against Clemson. I mean, this this guy knows what it's like to line up to where you're, you're always projecting a little bit in recruiting, but there's far less projection with a transfer as opposed to a high school guy coming in and having to project what what does it look like against bigger, faster, stronger guys than he's faced every single, you know, week in, week out at the high school level. So um, we'll see moving forward what else South Carolina can do at that position. Um, okay, so as we've said, you, find, you have defense coordinator that's left, another defensive assistant, and then receivers – and then there'll be a strength coach hire somewhere along the way. And then that will pretty much be it as far as the on the field and, and major hires. And with bowls ending up now with NFL regular season coming to a close and obviously South Carolina players having to report soon, um, you know, early January to mid January, the, the, we should start to see these things close out. I would imagine here very, very soon, um, you know, probably just off top, maybe in the next week or so. Yeah. Yeah. I think you look at, um, you know, the next couple of days, next few days, um, there, there's a few different little points. There's some bowl games, obviously I alluded to this earlier, some bowl games that are going on. And if you look at Aaron Moorhead, even if you want to use a specific example, the Eagles, her last, game is on is Saturday or Sunday, January 3rd, I believe, right? So January 3rd. And, you know, Shane Beamer has even publicly mentioned in the past during some media appearances, bowl games, NFL season, as potential points to look for um, of wanting to be respectful of guys' situations. And so um, th- those are some points that you can look for. And we talked about some of the candidates, the guys that we mentioned earlier, certainly appear to be on the board. And we'll see. So that's – um. You know, next few days, I know everybody's curious as to when is it going to get done. That that might give you a better idea. And then January 4th, Wes, we know uh, there's a board of trustees meeting scheduled already on the books to approve the other contracts of the three new hires, presumably do some tweaks and some reworks to the other four assistants. And then presumably that'll give you an opportunity to go ahead and onboard the other additional coaches if they're ready at that time. And, and I think they will be based on where things are headed. Okay, so so be ready then. Uh, ideally, uh, this this stuff will be done soon, and, and we'll move on to to what's next as far as South Carolina getting these guys out on the recruiting trail and and continue to add guys heading into February. And then with the transfer portal, there really is no there's no cutoff, you know, you no know, with these guys. But I think you look and 
a lot of these transfer transfer portal kids, Chris, will want to some of them go ahead and get to their new school for spring. So it could end up being a pretty busy week for any transfer portal guy that has not made a decision, but also, uh, you know, essentially wants to get started at, at their new school. So that's another potential newsy type thing to keep an eye on moving forward um, in the next week, week and a half. All right. I, I, got, I, think, one more, I got one more note. Okay. What you got? Scott on Amari and Brown. Uh, got a tip and, and I don't, I won't give him credit unless he wants it because a, a parent of a current Gamecock commitment has texted me on Amari and Brown. I think he must be watching the show. Thank you for watching. And informed me that my information about Amari and Brown's 100 time in track was actually wrong. He's actually even faster than 10-6. Um, and I did some research. He ran a 10-4 uh, in 2018 as a junior. In the uh, listen to this man, the Florida Outdoor State Finals in the 100 for 2A. Listen to the first three finishers: Anthony Schwartz from Auburn, who's the fastest player in the country; um, Tyson Campbell from Georgia, who I think was a five star; uh, and Sean Shivers, also from Auburn. We've seen him before; he can move. So Schwartz was a <laughs> was a 10:07. Um, Tyson, Tyson Campbell. That's Chris Clark speed. Yeah, I wish. Tyson Campbell, 10-3-9. Sean Shivers, 10-3-9. And Amarian Brown was 10-4 right behind those guys. So some serious speed in that. Uh, I'm going to send this to you, Wes, in case we want to play it later. I'm going to send this to you. Okay, sweet. Um, yeah, that, that's crazy, man. I and again, a guy, something we've talked about this in a big picture standpoint, Chris, adding team speed, not just at receiver. In my opinion, across the board, adding team speed has to be a priority moving forward. Now, you can't always, you know, right now, you can't always be incredibly picky if you have a good football player. Um, you know, you have to take good football players, period. But over time, especially, when you start getting into the 2022 class and can start to sort of, um, you know, be a little bit more uh, picky, I, I think. I think speed has to be a priority. But, um, yes, yeah, shout out to that Gamecock parent um, for shooting us that information. And, uh, Marion, sorry that Chris tried to downplay your speed, dude. Yeah, on, uh, only 10-6. Yeah, only 10-6, which is faster than 98% of the people on the planet, I think. But, all right, man, I I think, like I said, shorter show today. No show tomorrow. It's New Year's. Um, Do you have any big final deep thoughts, Chris, about us kicking 2020 into the rearview mirror? Ah. See, I misclicked. No, I, I did see it. I misclicked. So that'll be my last time I do that ever because that'll be the last time of 2020. Here's what I told you earlier. I'll just say it publicly. I'm thinking you asked me if I was staying up tonight and everything. I might just go to sleep at like nine because we don't need any more hours of 2020. We just need to get rid of it, 
Let's go to sleep now and wake up anew in 2021. But on a serious note, so with no show tomorrow, on Monday, that will be the 4th. And so we will probably have officially official more coaching news. So that may be a really, really good show on Monday. Well, it's always a good show because of our people, but. You tell me we're going to have some stuff to talk about again on Monday. We're going to have a lot to talk about, I think. Sweet. Let's go um, to sleep and wake up on Monday. Let's, let's just skip ahead to Monday because we want to make sure we want to leave a buffer. If there, if it takes a few days to get all the 2020 stink out, let's leave yeah. it and move to like January 4th instead of the 1st. Well, I have a hard the, – the thing is – the bar that has been set for 2021 to try and clear <laughs> is the shortest bar in my lifetime. Right, right. So, man, it can't. It can't. Well, I don't want to say. I don't want to say it can't be worse, but oh, man, let, let's let's get positive and and Gamecock Twitter. And this ain't all of you listening, but Gamecock Twitter, y'all, let's take a deep breath and let's please just calm the you-know-what down in 2021. Let's maybe love each other a little bit more. Let's maybe be a little bit nicer to each other. And we can disagree. That's completely fine. But I got got a Twitter response to the Amari and Brown news that said, well, yeah, because that worked out great the last time. And I was like, it took me, it took my stupid brain a second to even process what what we were talking about. And I was like, so what is this? Because the last transfer receiver didn't break receiving records this year. That that means you should never take a, a transfer ever again. Like what? That doesn't make any logical sense. No, no more transfers because one guy isn't Calvin Johnson. <laughs> so anyway, anyway. <laughs> let's just all yeah. let's all relax. It's gonna be okay. It's gonna be better. As John says, let's take a deep breath. Stay positive for a change. And give Shane Beamer a chance. Let's let's see what happens. Let's see what happens. I think that's all I got, Chris. I think that's all I have for this year. You, yeah. You just there's not there's nothing left to say about this year. We're we're gonna be done with it. I'm going to sleep. I'll Chris sleep. Is going to sleep right now. I'm going to sleep right now at three twelve, three thirteen, whenever we get off here, and I'll see y'all on Monday. Yeah, and by the way, so there's no there's no football game tonight because um, of all the COVID cancellations, which yeah. I had planned on sitting on my couch and watching some football before the the new year drops. But that's why we would expect anything less from this year. Um, I don't know. So we're we are going to kick 2020 into in its teeth, put it behind us. And we're all going to move on to 2021. We're at some great football on January 1. We're going to hang out. Everybody's going to recover on Saturday from their 
or the, on Friday from their hangover from today. And then we're going to roll Monday. We're going to have the best show of the year. And then we're going to start out the best month we've had in a long time. So that's my plan. That's Chris's plan. Yep. I hope everybody has enjoyed the show. We are signing off. Good riddance to 2020. We will see every single one of you right here on GC Live in 2021. Y'all have a good one. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.